G'day world, it is the Sniper of the Skies, New Japan Pro Wrestling's former Double Crown IWGP Junior Heavyweight and Junior Tag Team Champion, the Aussie with the ammo, Bobby Bullet himself, Robbie Eagles coming to you, and you are listening to the one and only Chaos Approved Wrestle In. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Ohio, Kanichwa, Konbanwa, and welcome to Ace Techers. This is Wrestling's fully-fledged New Japan podcast, and we're back for our second episode, Two Ace, Two Techers. We had a great reception for our first episode. I am Kieran RH, and it's a full house. Everyone's back again. Dream Team is back together. I'm joined by Sanal, NK, and SP3. The crew's back together. It's been a... It's been a couple of fun weeks as New Japan fans, guys. But the the, the biggest news is that uh, Kota Ibushi, as we all expected, has let his contract expire. Uh, and his contract expired at midnight. And at one minute past midnight, GCW were like, let's fucking go. And they announced Kota Ibushi for WrestleMania weekend. So exciting. It's exciting. Uh, Kota Ibushi is one of my favorite wrestlers, regardless of promotion, regardless of anywhere. I still remember when I first saw him being a Ring of Honor fan back in the early 2000s, and I got uh, a hold of his matches with El Generico and DDT. So to see him like free at last after what was a tumultuous two-year period with him with New Japan from the tragic injury that he got in the G1 finals in 2021 to, you know, all the back and forth uh mafia stuff involved all the all the craziness it's it's a great time to be a koto obushi fan again and see him kind of be what he was originally when he first came to new japan which was a freelancer who just went everywhere yeah so his first match announced is he's going to be at the gcw weekend the collective he's doing blood sport and uh is it joey janela's spring break joey yeah Janela's... spring break seven yeah, on, that's uh, it. The thirty first. Yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, so he's announced his his first match back uh, will be against Speedball Mike Bailey at Bloodsport, and um, I think that's the perfect opponent for him, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, Bushi, like, like SP three said, Bushi's always been a free spirit. Um, he's always been somebody that's you know gone to diff wrestled across the world. I remember like when he was in, um, he did the Cruiserweight Classic in NXT, and um, I remember there was a report where. Um, he met him. He, he tried to fist bump Vince, Vince McMahon. <laughs> he to fist. So he's always been somebody who's kind of like uh, mastered the beat of his own drum. So I remember after the Cruiserweight Classic, um, he went back to New Japan and finally got that singles run that you know um, he deserved. And like, what a run that was! Like, I'm talking like you know Intercontinental Title. You know his 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 multiple wins in the G1, arguably having the greatest G1 final of all time. Um, you know, main event in Wrestle Kingdom, granted, um, main event in Wrestle Kingdom 14. Granted, he won his um, he, he won the big one at Wrestle Kingdom 15, which was no crowd because it was in the pandemic. But still, like Bushi, when, when it's all said and done, you know, even though the end of his run was unfortunate, like he did it all in New Japan and he did it all at extremely high levels. So it's like, you know, for New Japan fans, although it's sad to see him go, but at the same time, you know, what more could he have really done? Um, maybe I guess wrestling in front of a um, a full full attended New Japan audience would have been nice. Um, we never got that. I, I know we got Omega versus um, Ibushi at G1, but we never got that big match at Wrestle Kingdom. So mm -hmm. that's maybe the one thing that you know we we could hold on to. But he won the big one, you know. Um, and yeah, man, he had a crazy run in New Japan, and I'm excited to see what he does across the world. You know, obviously, you know, um, 
there's Noah who are rumoured to be interested in him or Cyberfight in general. Um, there's other promotions across the world that want him. And Kota Ibushi is just going to do what Kota Ibushi wants at this point. I don't see him signing a, like, a 10-year deal with any company. I see him just going across the world and doing crazy stuff, you know. I mean, I mean it's quite interesting interesting that like he said on his youtube channel i think i saw a translation that he wants to create like a school or something yeah like, where people and i think as weird as that sounds because ibushi like said it's a free spirit i think it'd be the perfect thing for him to do because he has so much experience like you said like wwe he was in ddt he's done new japan i mean i can imagine it'd be quite tough to get into you'd have to do some weird stuff like maybe <laughs> a firework or something but i feel like that would be great just for him to take all that knowledge and all of his skills and then pass it on as i mean imagine just saying who taught you professional wrestling it was kotrabushi <laughs> oh yeah yeah you're, you're getting set on the right path but like it's, it's funny you say that because like with the score and everything because he's notoriously he didn't go to a school he taught he's self-taught yeah he went to a wrestling school and he was like nah this ain't for me and he just figured it all out himself and lo and behold he's one of the greatest to ever do it um yeah. there's something to be to be said for that so if he can hand down that that style it's not even a style it's just a mentality i suppose isn't it the abushi mentality um yeah it's, it's i think everyone's hitting down he literally done everything right he, he won the junior titles he won the heavy titles he won the tournaments the only literally the only thing he didn't win was like the us title and that's yeah. a relatively new thing all, all yeah. things considered um he'd done the junior circuit he'd done the heavyweight circuit so you know i think we're all just going to be eager to see where he starts popping up if we do get crazy abushi because when that time when he was doing the 205, uh, is it 205 Classic, right? Cruiserweight Classic. Cruiserweight Classic. You know, and then like he popped up in London. I saw, I went to Colchester to see him wrestle um, and he rode a bike into uh, Gota Sahif, I think, from DDT. And then the next day he's in London and he's shooting fireworks off the top of a car in East London and then accidentally almost shoots a fan with one and then shoots them off himself. Um you know it, it, it was a great time and then you know he returns to new japan under the mask like doing the tiger mask w was it gimmick or yeah something. oh um, yeah i totally that, forgot that having the incredible match with okada in the, at the anniversary show and everything it's it's a shame it's all ended as it did of course no one wants that but i think you can't not be excited for what the future now holds for kora bushi ju there's just endless possibilities right I mean, him him getting announced for GCW made me made me try to figure out how I can get to Los Angeles. That just <laughs> that just made me excited, especially going against Speedball Mike Bailey, who's one of my also one of my favorites currently in the game, and especially in that blood sport format because Ibushi's always been this kind of physical guy who's got the hard hits, the hard kicks, some of the hardest kicks you will ever see in the business. So to see him in blood sport, I gotta be there live. I gotta I gotta see that first person. So I'm trying to figure out a way to get there uh have a babysitter ready for me so i can go to los <laughs> angeles and see abushi live sp3 is going to be setting up a go fund me <laughs> you know <laughs> it. Well, i can see abushi yeah i feel like what i describe abushi is that he's like the perfect hybrid wrestler in terms of like when you want somebody like he's just as believable doing crazy dives as he is like Beat going toe to toe with the likes of Shibata, Ishii. Like you, you would believe him in the, like in a strong style setting more than everyone because Ibushi's kicks are vicious. He has that vicious side of him. Um, I know we've all seen like the memes of Ibushi straight faced, like Mur murder Ibushi. Murder Ibushi. <laughs> 
but also like he, he's capable of just doing like the, the most ex- insane displays of athleticism I've seen that like, it be like just even that um that, that that triangle dive he does is crazy those mm-hmm. spinning moonsaults he does like Ibushi's just like I don't think we'll ever see an athlete like him in wrestling that just has can do multiple different things like he made a match with a doll one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, ser- that was seriously, like, that, that match is so good. So, yeah, Bruce is just one of those wrestlers. And he, the fact that he's self-taught, it's like, it makes sense because like, you can't teach that. Like, you can't you can't teach that. He's, yeah, he's just... I, I'm excited to see what he does um, in the wrestling world. Obviously, like, the heavy rumours about AEW and stuff like that. The only one match I want to see, though, Ibushi and Takeshita. <laughs> If I don't get any other match, yes. I want that. I want that. I would love him to go back and do a run in DDT because obviously, like, that's where he did a lot of his early days. And I think when you were saying, like, he's the perfect hybrid, I think that is what DDT is about. Like, I know we'll talk about the junior um, show coming up, but like, they are so diverse. So, like, I know they announced Uno, and everyone's like, I didn't know he was a junior. And that's because, like, there are no divisions there. So, nobody's tied out. Mm-hmm. That's, a- that's perfect for Ibushi because he can yeah. go with the biggest guys, but also with the smaller guys. And yeah, I'd love him to do another run in DDT, which would hopefully lead to like another match with Takeshita because that'd be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let, let, so, NK's dream match for Ibushi is Takeshita. That one's taken. Let, let's go, let's go around here. So, now. What's your dream match for Ibushi now that he can be taking on any? Let Let's keep it realistic. He's not going to WWE. I think we can we can safely assume that that we're not going to see Kota Ibushi versus Roman Reigns. Um, but but what realistic dream match do you want to see from Ibushi? Well, I'm gonna have to stay in DDT. It's either gonna have to be Uno Yuki Uno or Tetsuya Endo, two guys who are very similar to Ibushi in the sense that like. They are very high-flying guys, but also, like, strong and, like, a big strength-based offense. And also, like, that would be really handsome matches. <laughs> that would literally be, like, the world's most handsome wrestling match. <laughs> what about USP3? What what match do you want to see from Ibushi? I mean, hopefully you get to see Speedball Ibushi in person, but what else? Exactly. Um, I, I think this might be the match for Joey Janela. So I, I'll have another, I have another two that I, I had immediately came to mind, but I just thought of one that they can make for Joey Janela spring break seven. Cause he's already announced Obushi versus Vikingo. Oh, oh my God. That would be absolutely <laughs> nuts. That, I just, that just popped in my head when I thought about it. Cause they're both booked for that weekend and for that show. So Joey, if you're watching, you're listening. I gave you the booking right there. It um, happens. But... SP3 needs the credit, the full credit. Uh-huh. Please, please wrestle in ace techers, you know, tag us. Let us know, Joey, that you, you heard us. But the two that came to mind is from AEW. And I thought about Takeshna, but I thought a different way. You have Kenny Omega turn on the Young Bucks and do Kenny, Coda, and Takeshna versus the Hung Bucks, Hangman and the Young Bucks. Oh. That would be one of the greatest trios matches of all time. And a match I've been wanting for, I would say, 15 years Koto Obushi <laughs> versus Brian Danielson. That oh, yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Um, I think yeah, like I'm. I should have thought about this before I asked the question because I'm quickly scrambling going through roster pages and shit. Um, but yeah, I think like Obushi versus someone like Claudio, they would just put on a clinic. You know what I mean? Like they're both absurdly strong, deceivingly so. Um, or you know, Pack, Pack Ibushi. 
Like, oh yes, yes. Uh, I, I think the dream matches are certainly there in AEW. But then you know you think Ibushi Kiyomiya, like you know if if he does go this cyber fight route, um, you know that's that's gonna be killer. But yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, I've got it's... one more. Um, Ibushi go Nakajima. Yeah, Ibushi Nakajima. That'd be so good. Yeah, someone's losing their head in that match. Uh, but it, it aside from the Ibushi news, New Japan had a big weekend in the ring. Uh, they had new beginning in Sapporo. Um, full disclosure, I only watched the important matches. I was away in Ireland this past weekend, so I played catch up. Um, <laughs> did you guys watch the entire shows? What was the story yeah. with you? I watched like because especially the Sunday show was very early. It's like so, 5 a.m. in the UK. Yeah. So I got up at like half six. So I managed to catch like the last four matches. But I went back. I think the real only takeaway, I guess, is now we have the most random team of 2023. Suzuki, Renarita, and Desperado. They hugged in the ring. Didn't expect that. <laughs> so they're, they're fighting, obviously, House of Torture for the trio titles. But I think... That was really the only big one. Oh yeah, and Wato pinned Ishimori again, and then Ishimori pinned Wato. Okay, well, I did see one thing. Is uh, this definitely what I was talking about? Is Sonata took the pin in an eight-man tag match that involved juniors? That yeah. who, this is this is the second night, the Sunday night. Uh, Bushi was on the LIJ team, and Okada pinned Sonata. Um, they've certainly been telling a story since the beginning of the year with Sonata. He's been saying in backstage comments, maybe he needs to change things up. Maybe he needs to go back to the start from square one. Um, you know, he lost the Rust Kingdom 17 Yokohama to Manabu Soya. And now he's taking pinfalls in tag matches where Bushi is right fucking there. Um, <laughs> something's going to happen with Sonata. Uh, maybe it happens at the new beginning coming this Saturday on February 11th. But th there's certainly something's going to happen. Yeah, it was very interesting because you, you, there was a bushy right there for them to pin, and Sonata taking the win. It did definitely raise some eyebrows, but he did have a, a strong showing, and the match was really a showcase for him because he got some like he had the skull in and a couple of near falls on Okada, and then Okada just eventually just overpowered him with a bunch of rainmakers for the win. So I do think that they are kind of telling us that something big has to happen with Sonata or we, we're going to stop caring completely. I think someone said that, <laughs> that as soon as he got pinned, they were like, well, he's winning the New Japan Cup. Because I almost feel like they have, they have to like do this and then have some sort of big thing. So almost, I feel like if something big doesn't happen, like a New Japan Cup win, or maybe he leaves LIJ, I don't know. I feel like something big needs to happen after this pin. Otherwise, it's just, like you said, nobody's going to really care for Sonata anymore. Yeah, they're, def they're definitely laying the breadcrumbs for something with Sonata. It's definitely something to keep your eyes on. Um, but then to get into the, the important matches of the night then, on Saturday, uh, which was February 4th, we had the junior tag titles on the line. Uh, Catch 2-2, Francesco Akira and TJP defeating Doki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru in, for my money, match of the year contender. A best junior tag match you will s you've seen in years since probably the days of you know the, the the crazy days of Young Bucks, Red Dragon, uh, mostly Machine Guns. Um, I'm definitely forgetting some like Rocky, Forever, and, Forever Hooligans, exactly. Rapongi Bias. Yeah, like all those guys when they were just put on a banger after banger. Like this was unbelievable. Um, I fully bit on the fact that uh, just four guys were going to take the titles here, but Catch Two Two managed to retain the titles still. 
out of all the matches on like the new beginning, this one exceeded everybody's expectations. And especially with, you know, it being the first major show for new Japan that had the cheering crowd, how they had that Sapporo crowd, like just getting them involved in that matchup. And for someone like me in the U S the show started at 3 AM Eastern time. So I miss the, the, the matches that we, like we said, weren't that important. And I woke up for this match. This was my coffee. I didn't need any coffee. This match and the, final five six minutes of it it woke me up and got me into the rest of the show because i was convinced that just two guys were gonna win the titles and bring some gold to just four guys and doki i want to apologize here on ace techers i underestimated you when you first came i was calling you dookie for a long long time but i know how to pronounce your name now because that man <laughs> showed out and in my opinion was the mvp of the match but i love uh you know the heel master uncle nobu working over the leg i love tjp selling of the knee it really created the story and made like the important moments like when they tried for the the leaning tower and he couldn't keep him up and he just fell down and made you more into it and made you believe that just two guys was going to get the win like that that was a phenomenal match and like you said one of the best junior tag matches that i've seen in a couple of years I, I love the tag division. The ju I've always loved the juniors in general, but I feel like the junior tag division has been like, to put it like nicely, like one of the worst parts of New Japan because they've never, especially since the books, obviously they moved to heavyweight and then left. It just didn't have it. And this match was like, like you said, one of the best. And like SP3 said Doki was his, as much as like his MVP, as much as I love Doki and always have. I have to give Pox to Akira. If you think about it, he is five six seven years younger than doki who is the youngest of the of that team and he really held it obviously when tjp's leg and knee was being worked on he took that sort of like i need to do something and was a really like charismatic but also like really protected the empire because i know he could probably be seen as a weakling obviously the least experienced out of the two of them but he really held his own and i think like if they can carry on putting on matches like this they can elevate this junior tag division because already in that match, you've got two veterans, uh, two rising stars, and they are so different, all four of them. But I'm going to say this about the heavyweight tag match as well. They were working as two teams rather than just four singles wrestlers, yeah. which is always refreshing because sometimes it feels like they just, with the lack of teams, especially in the junior division, it felt like they just put singles wrestlers together and hoped that they worked out. But it feels like we finally got proper teams working together. Yeah, for sure. Full disclosure, uh, this is one of the matches I missed, so I need uh, to go back and watch. Yeah, but those uh, I'd work in the morning. I, <laughs> I fucking, I think I came. I think I watched it. I watched it in my hotel room in Ireland. It, it was one I didn't want to miss. Um, nice. So, so NK needs to get given shit for missing probably the best match. Yeah. For me, it's the match of the weekend. Um, mm. And then we get into the heavy boys, Will Ospreay versus Taichi. Uh, Taichi, new faction leader, just four guys. Will Ospreay coming off the big loss to Kenny Omega. Um, they went full all Japan. They they were like, it was a proper slow escalation. It built, it built, it built. Like in the early days, I was like, is this going to be that good? This, this doesn't seem that good. And then yeah. fucking, it gets to a point where Taichi's like, all right, fuck you, Ospreay, and just dunks him on his head with the, a fucking horrific Gonzo bomb style thing, like proper Kawada. It, it was great. 
and you had you had Osprey hitting the Masawa bomb on uh on Taishi and then they was trading the Kawada kicks. That was my favorite part of the match. It's like you're I'm I'm daring you to kick to do your your senpai's move on me. Just hit me kick me in the head repeatedly. Let's see if you got it. And then I love the the finishing sequence was just great because you had the flying hidden blade and then it looks like he's going to get the win. It's a near fall. You had Gato he had the Gato clutch by Taishi for a close near fall as well and then uh, osprey looks like he's going for the hidden blade and then he just decides no i want to strike exchange some more and he just hits him forearm 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 and then taiji hits him with one big one and then he hits him back with another big one knocks him out the referee's counting him out and taiji's like no i'm not losing this way <laughs> moves the referee out the way and then gets one more hidden blade and the Stormbreaker. that was just a great finish that was my match of the night for for night one but i i honestly there's there's a debate that there was like four matches in yeah. those that anybody could say was the the match of the weekend and this was another one and i do agree it was like all japan i'm going to take you to the king's road and this is osprey learning a new style because this is more taishi's bag and this was taishi's best match since he kicked koto obushi for 15 minutes in the g1 that's my <laughs> that two favorite taishi matches ever yeah like taishi like going into this match i knew like it would be a pretty decent match but like Obviously, Will Will Will's all, but Will's Osprey is Will Osprey. But I have to give Taichi a lot of credit. He's somebody that I don't I don't really have a an opinion on him. It's just like Taichi's like okay, he's cool, like, he's a good wrestler, but I don't really like, I don't really have a strong opinion on him. But when Taichi gets it going, like um yeah man, he can put on a great match. And this match, I was like like Kieran said, the beginning of this match, I was like okay, this match is quite boring. Like, like pick it up. But once they picked it up, I was like okay. Now we're here just to trade in the back up for just the physicality, the viciousness of the match. I was like, yeah, like, and I'm really liking, um, and I'm, I don't know if this, if this is a story beat or what, but I'm really sensing like just uh, the new level of aggression from Will. And hopefully this is something that continues. Um, I probably think it's because of like the loss at Wrestle Kingdom. I think his character's going for a thing where it's like, like he's extremely frustrated and I can't wait to obviously New Japan Cups if, uh, um, coming up pretty soon not soon but pretty soon um and i want to see like what his what his storyline will be there because i feel like there's a lot of legs um with will osprey right now um but yeah like, that match was an incredible match man like big up tight chain will i mean i think it was and i think a lot of people online thought that that maybe should have been the main event because i like over i do naito and shota boy boy <laughs> not like i'm not saying that because i'm like, the biggest tai chi fan but i think just generally the pace of the match just seemed to work. Like, yeah, it started off a bit slow. And even I was at like, these two guys are so completely different. How is it gonna work? But it's like the what like even as soon as they started, like um Osprey was hitting the chops, Tai Chi was doing his kicks, and I'm like, okay, there is no title on the line. But there could have been, and like how aggressive they were. And I feel like this, even though Tai Chi lost, and that made me sad, I think it's the right direction that just four guys are going like okay they're not picking up the big wins yet but if you think about it Doki and Kanemaru had an amazing match Taichi had an amazing match we just need Takamichi and Oku to have an amazing match and then they've basically cemented themselves as like a very strong faction and yeah I think that for Osprey this is going to be a great way to continue that aggression he said he's given himself a year this is sort of like oh okay he's won this one I feel like he's going to keep going up and down Similarly with Taichi, I feel like it might be the year that they 
elevate him to where he can be now. Like if you told me five years ago when I hated Tai Chi that I'd want him to see him in the IWGP heavyweight title picture, I'd have laughed. But now I can see it because he is, I think it's been the last few years, especially since he started teaming with Zach, that he's now believing more in himself as a wrestler. And yeah, I can see him as a world heavyweight champion sooner rather than later. Hell yeah. I mean, Dangerous Techers were incredible. That's why half of us were, were, were race techers. We all love Dangerous Techers. We love that team, tag team. They're unbelievable. Um, but the main event, yee, not, 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 not so much. Um, this this was a rough one. Uh, MK, man, kick us off. What did you think of Shota Umino versus Tetsuya Naito? I don't know, because on paper, it should be a good match. Like, Shota's been killing it, like, recently. And um, I don't and here's the thing as much as i love naito sometimes with naito my my son to my frustration sometimes he feels like he phones performances in um and i feel like this was kind of one of those days where it was it just felt very phoned in and it was like which is weird because they went long and i don't think anyway, that should have went very, it felt longer than it was as well it went 32 minutes and it felt much longer yeah and i don't and i don't think this match needed to go long i feel like this match needed to be kind of just, especially if you set up, because the especially if you set up after that the brawl they had, I think they had a brawl at Wrestle Kingdom, right? I think yeah, they had uh, a brawl. Like yeah, they Naito was ignoring Shota, like he was stood, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, the match needed a lot more heat and intensity, and it's just like it just felt like they were just going through the motions. I, yeah, like this match, it wasn't like bad, but it wasn't like. Especially coming off the um, Osprey and Tai Chi, it's just like, nah, this I mean, wasn't. I, I would say it's bad. <laughs> Quite <laughs> frankly, I I, I yeah. like Shota, but I, this this was not good. Um, the crowd was very telling. Uh, they they yeah. couldn't get into it. Uh, they, yeah. you know, we've got the Japanese cheering crowds back, and it's great because they escalate with the match. They start off, you know, clapping, let's go, and then like the match starts kicking in. And you start getting false finishes, and they're losing their minds and. That happened for the junior tag match. That happened in Osprey versus Saichi, and it just never happened in this. They 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 could not get invested. Yeah, this was like a, a pandemic match in front of a cheering crowd. Like it just it, it never really picked up in the pace. The pace was very slow. And one thing that was uh, telling, because one of my friends uh, told me that when uh, Shooter came out, he looked nervous. And I went back and watched, and he does. He does look very nervous in his in his like pre-match before this. And this was his first NJPW main event. And I feel like it was it felt like it was too much too soon for him, where you had Tai Chi, this is his hometown of Sapporo. You got Will Ospreay that always delivers in these big-time matchups. I'm one of the people that I will be very adamant in saying that should have been the main event. That This should have been the semi-main event, and Tai Chi versus Ospreay should have been the main event, and you should have probably swapped out times, because I wouldn't have mind Ospreay and Tai Chi going another five minutes, and I could have I would, I would definitely mind this being less than, like, ten minutes less, fifteen minutes less. Yeah, I would have yeah, I would have chopped off like 15, 10, 15 minutes of this. I would I would have chopped off 32, I would have chopped off 32 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? That's so harsh. Is, <laughs> do you know what the thing is for me with Shota? I think he's he's look he looks great. Yeah. He's he's got this great star look to him. He I don't think he he's got zero character, right? Like he's, he's coming. Pushing, they're pushing him as on one side, they're pushing him as obviously his John Moxley um, journey. But on the other hand, and 
this is why it doesn't work because like one the match should have been maybe 10 minutes because of their style and stance but they're pushing him as a mini tanahashi but he doesn't have the charisma of tanahashi he's got because even my mom said she he was like the hair looks like tanahashi the ring gear is similar to tanahashi but he's just he's still a young lion like i know i most people complained about wato's return from excursion but at least they kept it slow and he has built up to doing well similarly with narita they're starting off slow but it feels like they see tanahashi and shota and they try to push him when he's not ready like when he was in the uk he was doing small crowds he wasn't even main eventing many of those and now to put him in a main event at one of the biggest shows in the first half of new japan against one of the biggest stars who is basically the charisma king it just doesn't work and expecting also expecting shota to be the baby face in this i think it's interesting about master Watto because obviously when he returned it was it was not good he, he was not good in the ring his character was awful there was just nothing to like about him and now he is incredible and at wrestle kingdom 17 everyone wanted him to win that four-way by the time it was done you might not have gone in cheering for him but by the time it was over you were fully behind Watto. um of course shota's now in that same boat he's he's fresh he's new he's got get used to it he's got to grow and everything um but here's one for you do you think it's by design are they stardust geniusing him are they setting him up to fail are they you know he, just be a cop out that like you know trying to follow another formula that's already worked like he just needs to find his like his own self not being a stardust genius not being john moxley's young lion not being tanahashi not being red shoes's son he needs to be shouted you know <laughs> yeah he has zero character right now yeah it feels like they're they're pulling him in so different uh, many directions like sanal's saying and but this is something that kind of always happens a lot with these with the young lions that go out on excursion and came back i remember when switchblade jay white first came back and everybody was not very high on his matchup with tadahashi at wrestle kingdom i remember when um you know master wado is another example of it it seems like the exception to the rule was like hiromu takahashi coming back he was just it was money when as soon as he came in Rapongi 3k got a big push but they got polarizing some people loved it some people Okan didn't like is it probably another guy like him who came yeah. back successfully started the empire and who's just continued to it was almost like he he was never a young lion almost like he was always the great okan but 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 there were people down on okan too when he I'm first came back yeah they were they were definitely not all all on board with that and over time he got people on their side so i hope he goes in that direction of he's having a slow start to it they're trying to give him a lot but he's not really stepping up to the plate and then he can eventually fall in line and be up you know work up to his push I mean, everyone always says that show as a young lion, everyone, you know, show is the next ace, show is the next ace. I've always loved Yu Uemura personally. Like, he's got that Anoki look. I think he, for me, if I was a betting, if I had to put all my chips on one of those four young lions, you know, Suji, Narita, Shota, and Uemura, I'd be putting all my money on Uemura. Um, do, you know, do you know what this reminds me of, yeah? Like, early Nakamura. Like, when, uh, when Nakamura was kind of like groomed to be the top guy and then they pushed him all the way to the top. Obviously, he hasn't won a title yet, but bef Nakamura before like he got the strong style, like King of Strong Style aura, was kind of like people are like, he's Shota's got the tools to be there because I've seen him in ring, he's there, but he just, I don't think he's figured himself out yet. 
Um, I, but I do. But on the, on the other hand, what I do like the fact that New Japan usually take things slow and steady, mm. and I do like the change of pace. Where you know what, screw it, we're just gonna push somebody, and we're gonna put them with with some of our top guys. We're gonna put them with Velocity. We're gonna put them with Naito. It's just unfortunate that it's not working right now. Um, but I do like the approach. I do like the intent. I just feel like it's now down to show up to like work out the kinks and figure out okay what because I do. The John Moxie stuff was cute, but now it's like you're bringing up the jacket for what reason now? Like he's not here, he's not here. Like he's all the way up. He's, he's, he's not gonna sleep with you, Shota. <laughs> like he's not here anymore. So it's like unless. <laughs> so like, just drop the drop the jacket or wear it or do something else. I don't know, but right now it's kind of like yeah, it's Tanahashi cosplay. And at first it's like, do you know what? I'm glad they view him that way. And I'm glad they're pushing him, but sometimes you've got to step out of Tanahashi cosplay and just be showed up. And then on night two of the New Beginning in Sapporo, uh, Sunday the 5th of February, the key matches kick off with the IWGP tag team titles on the line. Bishamon defending successfully against TMDK. Uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi getting that V1 under their belt. So now, what did you think of this match? Again, like the junior match but maybe a bit different because obviously the wrestle kingdom match between hiroki goto and yoshihashi and ftr was good we're finding a good pace with the heavyweight tag teams as well like obviously we've not got god because tangalo is obviously injured so we've not got dangerous techers but it feels like we have still got teams and like with the junior match they were working as a team like each of them except for obviously that little mishap at the end with yoshihashi and goto mm -hmm. it felt like um, a tag team match and honestly i'm gonna say it's like tmdk shane hayes and mikey nichols in the ring are so good they are so charismatic they bounce off each other really well and bounce off their opponents and what i loved is obviously mikey's history with chaos so he was a member there it was just an amazing wrestling match and at the end when they shook hands and stuff it shows that like not every big title match needs to be like i hate you i despise you we're against you it just needs four very very good wrestlers who can work together and even though like bishamon are as experienced as a tag team as tmdk they've had years together in chaos so it felt like i was watching two complete teams and as much as i'd have loved tmdk to win it was the right thing for bishamon because if you want to keep elevating the division that has not done very well like the tag titles, you need cons the junior ones, you need consistent defences. You can't have them drop it on the first one. So, yeah, I think it's really good. Again, the calibre of the heavyweight tag matches have also increased massively in the past few months. Yeah, I, I'm happy for Bishamon to have a run with these titles now. I think, you know, I like the idea of getting a couple of long reigns, giving them a bit of meaning. Bishamon have worked tirelessly throughout this pandemic. Uh, with the titles, you know, throughout the World Tag Leagues and stuff, give them their chance to shine with the crowds fully behind them because they will be. Um, and I'm in the same boat as now. I, I I want to see TMDK holding those titles, but I'm happy for Bishamon to hold them right now. Yeah, I totally agree. And TMDK, man, 
This was like night and day from their NXT run. They showed no charisma when they were TM61 in NXT. And then they had so much charisma and really got the crowd into this matchup, in my opinion. I know Bishamon are good baby faces, but I've always viewed them as more of this like makeshift team that they put two singles guys that were failing together. But now they it, it's been a few years and they feel like a weld oil machine. They feel like a genuine tag team now. And it feels like they finally found the spot that Goto that a lot of Goto fans were always wishing he could be is like the head of a division and that's what he is for this tag this heavyweight tag team division but TMDK I totally agree with y'all like they they have something there and I think in the future that would be a team that I would put the titles on did you did you actually watch this one NK yeah I actually did yeah. I, actually did. <laughs> <laughs> I did this is a this is a good match I, um I'm a, I'm a fan of Bishimon, which is weird because like Hiroki Goto and Yoshiashi are two wrestlers individually. I don't I, I have no opinion of they, they it's like brown bread, it's like whatever. <laughs> 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 it's just, oh, yeah, it's just... we might have just find our episode title. <laughs> there you go. You did it again. <laughs> but like, I think that together, like like like, like Bishimon are a really good team, but yeah, um, TMDK, like, uh, I was like, uh, SP3 said, I remember my first in, um, I remember first discovering them in NXT, and I was like, these guys are bland, like, these guys are like they're good wrestlers, but don't have much to them. But I feel like this just four guys faction, as bland as the name is by by design, these guys are really like work well together. And like, I'm, I'm very excited for what the tag division, um, where the tag division goes. I think New Japan's tag division has always been like in a weird place where it's always had. At the best of time, New Japan's tag division has always been top heavy, but it's never been like well rounded top to bottom. We've always had like top guys, but then the bottom of the, the division's not up to snuff. So I don't know if I say I have faith for the whole division, but I feel like there will be definitely interesting matches with Bishimon. And I think Bishimon deserve a good run with these titles. Um, and I feel like, you know, you know, a certain United Empire team with Aussie Open need to rise up the ranks yes. and um, <laughs> have that match because I feel like like that rivalry would be an amazing rivalry for the division. Um, so yeah, like, but this was a great match. Um, can't fault it. And then we get into the the semi main, the first defense of the NJPW World TV Championship. Zack Saber Jr. successfully defending against Tomohiro Ishii. With 22 seconds left in the time limit, uh, this was this was fucking awesome. NK's got a big uh, sorry, sorry. SP NK's got a big smile on his face, but SP3 is like, let me fucking speak, please let me speak. <laughs> oh my god, I love this match. This was my match of the weekend. I love. I have never seen a 15 minute match that had this level of layers to it. It had levels to it. Of uh, it, and it subverted my expectations because my expectations for Zack Saber Jr. versus Tomori Ishii is Zack can beat him with the submission and the techers but zach is so cocky he's so oblivious to the fact that he can't go strike for strike with ishii and he always seems to do it when he goes against them it subverted that with ishii going techers on him they're working over the arm with the copa twist at one point then he pulls out the Tonic, a cold red. I was literally going. I I have to do the inaudible noises. That's why I'm so excited to talk about it here because I'm usually watching it with sleep sleeping two year olds next to me, and I have to go like. 
<laughs> so I'm, that's why I'm so excited to talk about it here because, oh my God, this was such a great match, such a phenomenal final three minutes of you had Ishii trying to hit all his big moves. Lariat, sliding Lariat, going for the brain buster. You had Zach trying to go Techers and try to submit him and try to do the European clutch, and he would just keep kicking out. Then you had the five-minute call. Every time there was a call of the time, you heard the crowd getting more and more into it, and then Zach just finally getting the message from George Michael and saying, stop using the Techers, hit the Zach driver, and he hits it with 22 seconds to go. That This was my match of the weekend. I'm a big star-rated guy. I gave it four and a half stars but like on my enjoyment scale this is a perfect match this is a five-star match but like oh my god i love this match and i love this division this division is what stardom has with like the high speed title but they have it with its strong style meets high speed with this tv title division and zach is the perfect first champion for it. that's exactly what i was gonna say like zach as this champion is just sublime because his uh, like his style shouldn't lend itself to 15 minutes it should be i'm gonna you know take my time i'm gonna work this arm over and then by the time i win and you tap out this arm it's gonna be well earned but he's made this work unbelievably so uh i loved everything about it i'm i'm the same i i was losing my mind watching this uh zach as is he seems just revitalized he seems reinvigorated as this as this as the front man of tmdk he just seems like you know, he's gone from being Suzuki Goon, the amazing team with dangerous techers, and now he is his own man again, and he is just running with it, and he is a delight. Yeah, for sure. Um, th this is this match highlights the importance of time limits, and the important like how much drama you can gain because I'm like the the like the last like couple minutes, last minute where. Zach, Zach and Ishii were just countering each other and then you hear the uh, announcement saying one minute left 30 seconds left and I'm like are they going to go to a time limit draw and then Zach desperately pulling out the win and it was like this match was sensational just like um, like SP3 said like Ishii doing technical wrestling like this guy this, this guy put like this guy put Zach in so many submissions I was like wait hold on like what's going on? It was like it was almost like they they swapped move sets in this match. It's like no, like Zach somehow now became the strong style representative today. Like it's really like he was hitting him with PKs, Europeans. Like it was ridiculous. This match, like I was skeptical about this title going into it. I still don't like the belt design, but that's neither here or there. But I was skeptical about this title. I was thinking, okay, we've added another title. Because I thought it'd end up, you know, being like something like the never open weight title, which is just floating in the abyss of New Japan. Um, but so far, like what Zach's done with this title is sensational. And I'm so excited to see what what else he does. Because like 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 Kieran said that we typically expect, you know, Zach to work a certain style, you know, work over the legs for an extended period of match, you know, really you know, um, target, um, be a marksman and target body parts. But because of the time limit now, he can't do that. He has to be um, more efficient with his moves. He has to be a lot quicker with things. And it's brought out a completely different side to Zach and showed how versatile he is as a wrestler. Um, and I'm just excited to see, you know, um, what what comes next with this title run. Um, yeah, this is this match was easily like match of the weekend. Best, best match on both shows, in my opinion. So, yeah, this match was incredible.
I think post match as well to bring up. Um, so he, he speaks to, he's going to get his own techno music. He brought it up on commentary with Kevin Kelly. He's yes. very eager. He's very eager to get that in. Um, but but backstage, he said he's aware that people are saying this title is was meant to be for the younguns. That's how they promoted it at first. Yeah. So he said he's going to America. He's going to battle in the valley, and he's putting out an open challenge to anyone from the LA dojo to challenge for his title. So you know, Sonal is excited here. Sonal, who do you want to see challenge from the LA dojo? I think the LA Dojo is so strong. But what I love in that promo, I was going to say, is that basically, like, Zach was like, this is my first singles title. Basically saying, like, you're saying that it's meant for young people. Because technically, Zach is still, I mean, he's a veteran, basically, compared to the Dojo guys. But it is his first singles title. And I think, I also don't how, like, blasé he was about it. Like, everyone's complaining this, this. But, like, basically calling him out, saying that nobody has the balls to come and challenge him. The fact, like, you brought, like, the Never title and stuff, that started off as a title for new people and just vanished. So I love the fact that he has said specifically the LA Dojo. <laughs> I think it'd be funny, because obviously, technically not LA Dojo, but Uemura's in America. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he never specified it has to be young, never said that it can't be people who are on excursion. And I know is similar to Narita's probably been doing stuff in the LA Dojo. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I swear, Zach always used to compliment Uemura when he was in his matches and stuff. So I feel like that would be an interesting match. But I, is, I'm going to be disappointed when it's not Uemura now. I, so I'm calling for Jet. Give me Kevin Knight versus Zach Sabre Jr. I am I'm, here for it. I'm calling for Kid Gabriel. Oh, yes. 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 I'm for Gabriel. That history between them, that would be like yes. a proper yeah. good match. We, we need to we need to plug here quick nk one of your boys done gabriel kid's entrance music yes yes get, so, get that um, plug in for your boy yeah so big up del boy um from the Wrestling's podcast also known as the suave he is he um has done gabriel kid's entrance music so if you hear a voice rapping um that is del boy that is a member of the Wrestling's podcast yes he is uh in a fit he one of the members of my podcast is um in new japan entrances crazy <laughs> Man, when 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 that music debuted at Royal Quest, and it was like two years in the dojo. Now finally, yeah. on cage. I was like, oh, this is so fucking sick. Yeah, it's, it was it was it was crazy. It's like, great we, like, music. At Royal Quest, we like we heard the music. We like what? Because he didn't tell us, and he's like, we just heard his voice. Like what? What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah, Gabriel Kidd has uh, they they had that incredible match in the New Japan Cup a, a couple of years. Yeah. Ago. Oh, oh man. Um, and then we get into our main event. Uh, Yo challenging Hiromi Takashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And Hiromi retaining in just under 30 minutes. Uh, a lot of love for Yo coming out of this match. People saying maybe yeah. this is his best singles bout. Oh, I mean, I was over the moon for Yo. Like, as the as a long-term Rapongi 3K fan and a big Yo fan. The fact that when they were doing the cheers, I think Kevin Kelly brought this up, that it was going, Hiromi, Yo. And, like, that's something you'd never really expect because the crowds have always been not against Yo. But I feel like they almost lost hope after Rapongi 3K ended. And this sort of, it was a completely different yo because when he was with show, he was always the calmer one. You, Some people even said that he just looked bored or that he didn't care. But this was like, even in the warm match, it's completely revitalized. And I mean, last year in the best of Super Junior, he had a revitalization as well. We didn't go anywhere. I really hope now that they see that the crowds are behind yo Give him something. And I saw something funny on social media. I can't remember who tweeted it. 
Yo's probably the only person who could maybe outweigh Hiroma. He's got like a, I don't know, fetish is the right word, but he's got like a poo fetish, right? Yeah, he had like, because he's like, an, he does like art and stuff. And I remember once on his Twitter, there was just a picture like that he'd drawn of someone on the toilet. And I was like, this is very odd. There was a, like young. a whole NJPW interview about it, like him discussing this fixation with. Oh, it might just be toilets. Maybe it's not poop in I mean, general. I think it might have been toilets because people weird if it was just poo, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I think Yo, Yo's got, Yo, <laughs> Yo's got, Yo's got all the stuff needed to be the champion. I, I'm for fully, sure. I'm fully on the Yo train. Yeah, for sure. I've always, I've, I've always wanted to see. Um, especially with the um, the one criticism of the junior heavyweight scene, in my opinion, it's like it's kind of like a conveyor belt. It's kind of like okay, um, Hiromu will win that Wrestle Kingdom, he'll lose it, somebody will have the title, he will win best of super juniors, and it goes right back to Hiromu again, and the cycle continues. And it's like, um, and obviously, those and the conveyor belt would kind of be you throwing the desperate Despi in there, you throwing the Ishimori in there. Um, but like, I'm, I'm I've always like from the moment Show and Yo were a team. I was like, oh, I, I I like both of them. I, I like, I'm I'm a bigger fan of Show, but he's doing House of Torture stuff. <laughs> like, we don't talk about what he's doing at the moment. <laughs> he's, 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 we don't talk whatever. about Show. <laughs> so it's like, he, and obviously, like Yo had a great show in that Wrestle Kingdom. So this match with Hiromu was a great back and forth match. And yeah, like I was when the crowd were cheering Yo's name, I was like. New Japan, listen to this. Like capitalize of this. Like Yo could be somebody like you really like. Um, you know, make a prominent figure in the division. I can't wait to see what um, you know, he does in you know the upcoming tournament. And obviously, best of Super Juniors will be at the end of the year. Listen, like give him something. I don't doesn't have to win the tournament, but he needs to have a, a, a real standout showcase performance in that. Because I feel like you know, I feel like we need some fresh blood in the um junior division for sure. Um, and I feel like even though Yo's been around, like him being very much in the mix of that title picture is something that we haven't seen consistently. So putting him there would be like a, a great, a great benefit to the company. As well with Yo, he's low key got an incredible super kick. Like no one talks about it. He's probably yeah. got the best super kick in New Japan. The way he his upper body goes down and the leg comes up and underneath the chin, it's incredible, right? That's and the damn good drop kick. Oh right. yeah, that, that, that was incredible in that match. With Yo, is they're almost trying to push him as a guy who's like very mat based. If you yeah. think like, like in Rapongi 3K, it was always like Show was like the strength and stuff. And even though Yo was a lot more high flying, they always talk about like his submission and his mat base. And then I sort of think people forget that he is actually an amazing high flyer, an amazing athlete, not just the guy who does an amazing submission like his five star clutch. And I think that match with Hiromu also showcased how diverse he is. And that reminded people, like, he was the all-arounder in Rapongi 3K. Yeah, he has such a, like, versatile moveset. And he was he was doing moves of other Chaos members as well, because that dropkick was very reminiscent of Okada's dropkick. He was dropping the needle like he was Goto. So, like, I love this matchup for Yo, because it felt like he really stepped up to the occasion. Like, the juxtaposition of what we said with Shoto Amino in the main event spot on night one, Yo really stepped up to the occasion and really showed out and had his best match 
matchup. And I felt like most of all, he had that fighting spirit and it felt genuine. It felt authentic instead of like in the past, like two, three years ago when he used to fire up and try to get the crowd behind him. It felt kind of hollow because we know him as the calm person in Rapongi 3K. It didn't feel genuine. It didn't feel authentic. But here it did. And it felt like from immediately from like the first five minutes of the match when Hiromo's chopping him and you see his his chest is getting red and blistering it was like Hiromu was getting more of that passion more of that emotion out of him and he really had his best match yet and then the new beginning tour will wrap up on Saturday February 11th it's your boy's 30th birthday as well it's always a good birthday treat hey. wake, up, wake up and stick on new beginning and you can't get in trouble for not doing any housework um but it kicks off Oscar Loibe and Toriano versus Aaron Hanare, Gray Okan. Uh, second match, maybe one to keep an eye on after our Sonata talk. Uh, Taguchi, Tiger Mask, and Shota Umino and Tomoaki Honma versus Bushi, Hiromu, Sonata, and Naito. And then Wouldn't we it get be in... funny if Honma beats Sonata? That, that would that would be the tipping point, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be you're you're done. <laughs> no, the tipping point. They have Honma beat Sonata, and he goes crazy. That would be yeah. That would be uh, why am I what am I doing with my life moment? Um. But then we get into the proper matches. Master Watto versus Taji Ishimori. Uh, special singles match. Nothing on the line. Perhaps a kind of makeshift number one contender match here. Um, but yeah, SP3, who are you going for getting the win here? I'm going for Ishimori. I don't think it's the, the right time to go to Master Watto getting a shot at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And I feel like the Junior Festival needs a big matchup for Hiromu for the title. And him and Ishimori... They have just a crazy, uh, you know, chemistry with each other. Me and Carrie, we talked, we did that podcast, and I went back and watched their Super Junior Finals, which is one of the most insane matches. The the bump Hiromu takes on the steps still gets me to this day, and I want to see some of that. Uh, them recapture that type of vibe to their matchup in at the Junior Festival. So I think Ishimori gets the win. And then we get into Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, another big singles match. Uh, Sonor, who are you going for in this one? The, the rematch after Kenta died for our sins at Wrestle Kingdom. And, so again, I always like to say, oh, but Tanahashi is my favorite, but I feel, and if New Japan doesn't do it, I don't understand what they're doing. Kenta needs this win. Like, there is no doubt about it. Since he came to New Japan, everyone had such high hopes for him. He's not lived up to that another loss to Tanahashi I just be like well what's the point of him be at this point he might as well just go to Noah because at least they utilize him better like also as Tanahashi's a great athlete but I think realistically with his age you can see he's slowing down you're really going to say that Kenta's going to lose to Tanahashi uh, I'm not going to be shocked if he does uh, I'll say that for sure but these are kind of a couple of weird matches like just thrown in there, you know, give the card a little bit of an extra oomph rather than uh, six-man tags, I suppose. But then we get into the good stuff. Uh, it's now a six... And now it's for the titles. Originally it wasn't. Um, but Ren Narita, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki, uh, the strangest trios team in 2023, taking on House of Torture, Sho, Yujiro, and Evil. NK, are we getting new tag team... Cha uh, we get new six-man champions here? I think they're going to give it to House of Torture. I, I like I've like I, I, I really think like, I'm telling you, New Japan are persistent with they don't go away. They don't. I'm, I'm it's like coronavirus, they just stay there. You can't them and they're just not leaving. Like, they are adamant to get this house of torture thing working, and it's like it's it's not going to, but they will try. They will try. 
it is an interesting one, right? Like you, you technically. Oh no, El Desperado is a junior. Never mind. I thought El Desperado was a heavyweight for a second. I was going to say it's three heavyweights. Um, but yeah, I. It's a, it's a makeshift team, right? I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if NK is correct and House of Torture do walk away with a win. I'd be but so wouldn't disappointed. That, wouldn't that be counterproductive though for everything they've been building up with Suzuki, Despy, and um Narita, especially backstage like yeah. they've had this whole like abs- you're, you're gonna be a sort of strong star i am strong star and then they lose against house of torture who i think it'll be telling who obviously has not been doing much but amazing athlete evil and you i think it'll be very telling of what the future holds for that trio yeah. if it's they can't work together try and find a new home despy and suzuki or whatever um but yeah i i can see that going either way unfortunately uh loser leaves japan match Hikileo versus JY. Who's getting their visa cancelled? Who who is getting sent home on that plane never to return? Um, this is a difficult one. Uh, I mean, JY has got a match with Eddie Kingston a week later in Battle Valley, but that's in America. It's Loser Leaves Japan, not Loser Leaves New Japan. I mean, uh, has Jay has not really been in Japan though, has he? That much. Maybe maybe he seems it feels it's like a present then, like oh thank god I don't have to go back. He's gonna get in the ring and lay down. <laughs> this is gonna be the first uh loser and winner leaves Japan match since Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles at Wrestle Kingdom 10. <laughs> um so <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Hikaleo actually gets the win because of Switchblade J White's promos leading up to this he is basically telling he's basically cutting the heel that is about to leave but making it sound like he, you know the baby face is gonna lose he feel he feels like a heel that is gonna get his comeuppance in this matchup and hikaleo is gonna win i think it might be hikaleo that goes but it's literally a flip of a coin because i have no idea because you know what it is i don't see after jay white's less 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 than good title reign last year um, I don't see. I don't see what lies ahead of him. So like they've set up anything major for him in the future, which is weird because considering, like, you know how highly the company view him, it's like there's not much going for him post this. But you can say the exact same thing about Hikaleo, really. Mm-hmm. So it's like both of them could go, but my money would be on Hikaleo. Um, I I just don't see. It'd be very weird, like, to see Jay White's last match in Japan be this. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so now I know you're a big Jay White fan. Uh, like, how are you feeling at the fact that he he might not be back in Japan after Saturday? It's a weird thing because obviously I'm trying to block out all of the reports that arrived as soon as the match was announced. Like, WWE is interested in Hikaleo. WWE is interested in Jay AEW. Like, contracts are ending. On the outskirts, if I forget all of that and don't take that in, ideally what I would love is, and I've thought this for a while because I think Jay and Bullet Club is getting stale, if Jay has to leave Japan, he's definitely not Bullet Club leader. I think we've seen bits of El Phantasmo and things in the warm-up matches. So could it be Jay has to leave Japan, completely reinvents himself as a babyface? Because I think Jay works a bit. Like, I loved him. I'm waiting for that day. I love Jay more in Chaos. A lot of people didn't, but Jay in Chaos was the reason I started watching New Japan full time. To get him on that journey, so make him leave Japan and work his way back up with someone completely new. Not saying he'd join another faction, I think he'd need to create his own. But to sort of change his character completely, I think going losing this match would be the best thing. But then I also think if Hikaleo wins, 
New Japan has to have something big for him. You can't have him beat Jay White and then go, eh, you, do you want to do the trios champions with some members of Hontai or something? But because I can't see him winning the any of the big titles at the moment because I don't think he's ready. But yeah, it's it's like everyone says, it's like a toss of a coin. It's like, I don't know where they're going to go. And either way, I mean, Jay White's going to be a much bigger loss, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's all on that speculation. Loser leaves Japan, not loser leaves New Japan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does bring in. It's an interesting point where as well. Who, you know, does he? If he does leave, does he try and say that he's still the Bullet Club leader? You know, does he? Does someone have to usurp him? Is that personnel fantasmo? Because people kind of feel like he's been groomed for that. But at the same time, I personally don't think he's there yet. He's not. Mm-hmm. I still often forget that he's a heavyweight with yeah. El Fantasmo, you know. Yeah. Um, but but that leads brilliantly into our next match because it's El Fantasmo challenging Tamatonga for the never open weight championship. Tama trying to get that first defense after uh losing it, dropping it to the first hurdle to Carla Anderson last year. Um but yeah we're getting uh ex bullet club versus Tamatonga. There there could be you know I the, the match before could lead play into this now. But yeah I I think Tamatonga walks away with a title. Give the give the boy a defense. Don't give him two V zeros man. Oh, yeah so, like, this Never title is one of the... I mean, the whole Never division is one of the most weird things ever. They always have so much potential when, like, Taichi, when Shingo Takagi had it and then they just lost it with, like, Anderson on that. I mean, like you said, Kieran, like, I forgot El Fantasma was a heavyweight. I just assumed he's, like, a Never... Like, he was going between weight divisions. So I feel like unless maybe Jay loses the match before and then Bullet Club get angry and then find a way to get ELP to beat Tama. I feel like having Tama lose it after his big Wrestle Kingdom moment and that heartwarming post-match would just be a bit of an anti-climax, not just for fans, but for Tama Tonga himself, who is an amazing athlete and deserves like a big singles run, especially with Tangelo and not wrestling at the moment. And then that takes us on to the main event of the show, uh, Climax in the new beginning for IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. Kazuchika Okada taking on Shingo Takagi yet again. Uh, Okada is walking away with a title. Um, we're not having double champion Shingo Takagi KOPW title on one arm, IWGP World Heavyweight title on another one. That's, that one's not happening, is it? That, that yeah. would be one of the worst double champs I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Evil was a technically a triple champ? Yes. Yeah. Oh. And he threw away the never six-man title. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. He's like, I don't need that piece of trash belt anymore. Yeah, I feel like this match would be incredible. Um, but yeah, Okada has to, uh, Okada has to win. Um, yeah. And this is kind of the thing with... Um, Obviously, I was for Okada winning that Wrestle Kingdom. I felt like, unfortunately, Jay White's reign just wasn't kicking off, and I felt like you needed to, you know, just take the title off him. But um, the thing with Okada's reign, I felt like for a while, at least up until Dominion, where it's going to be, you know, Okada wrestles has a great match. Okada wrestles has a great match, has a great match until we build someone um, to take the title off him. Because I felt like, I felt like they've. Ever since, like, Naito, they haven't built the next person fully. They haven't built, like, the next, oh, my God, this is the person to, de- like, dethrone Okada and take the company into new directions. I was, do you know what? I did like the weird, the, the period where we had Ibushi, um, then Osprey, then Shingo as champions. I thought like th- those so were, all, yeah, yeah, those, the, that, that period was super fresh, and I felt like we kind of, 
went back to like the status quo, back to the familiar Okada. And I love Okada. He's one of my favorite of all time. But I just feel like hopefully um, through this reign that like, they managed to put somebody new in the picture or maybe even go back to Shingo. I'd love to see Shingo with the title at some point because I felt like for the reign he had um, with the title, like he did well with that title. And I feel like, you know what, he deserves to have a, a reign in front of crowds again. Um, and even, you know, Will, you know, obviously he's got Omega, yeah. but once that's done, you know, you should definitely go back to Okada. But in this match, I feel like obviously Okada wins and it'll be like a great match regardless. I still feel Shingo Takagi is the greatest IWGP world heavyweight champion that they've had. Like he yeah. really came through in the way kind of like how John Moxley did for AEW last year. That was Shingo in 2021 going into 2022. And this is the first time that Okada and Shingo will have a match in front of a full cheering crowd. Oh, and they had... Enough. Yeah, they had the great, in my opinion, they had the best match of the pandemic for New Japan, and that was their first match in the G1. I, and that was the only time where the money clip was an effective finish, and I was okay mm -hmm. with it. So, so, like, I really enjoy their series of matches, but this is the first time they're going to be in front of a cheering crowd. I think it's going to be spectacular. I, I love Shingo Takagi, but, yeah, I think Okada, this is going to be a year-long reign, in my opinion, because I don't see anyone, like, switch played last year who can come in and beat him mid-year before the G1 where he can have some time away from the title before he gets back to it. I feel like this should be a full year for Okada with the championship and then Will Will Ospreay wins the G1 and then we get Will Ospreay versus Okada at Wrestle Kingdom next year and he finally beats Okada. That's I think that's the path that they need to go down. We can get Will and Omega back in AEW at Forbidden Door 2. Maybe we can get it back. Maybe, uh, you know, Kenny can get a month off from AEW and be in the G1. Maybe we can get that somehow and it can continue that part of the story. But I feel the end of this whole Osprey, I, I have a year to get myself together, is him either beating Omega or Okada at the Wrestle Kingdom. But it needs to be for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. But for now... They need to stay, play steady of Okada having great matches on top. I'm going to assume we're four for four on Okada winning here, so now. Yeah, I mean, along with like, like the long reign and stuff. Because even the big match at Keiji Muto's final show with Kiyomiya, I mean, I can't imagine Okada going into that without the belt. Unless they want to do something in the fact that like during the match with Shingo, Okada is not fully focusing on Shingo loses and then goes completely crazy but i feel like similarly with Shin um shota and naito you can't go into such a big match for keiji muto show with a loss and especially on your first defense but i mean one day shingo's gonna get that title back just not this time yeah and then we go uh, one week later, Battle in the Valley, San Jose, California. It's one that SP3 is going to be able to watch at a decent time, and it's going to be shitty for us three in the UK. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll watch it the next morning. I'm not watching that live. Um, <laughs> but i got to say, I'm kind of more excited for this show than I am for New Beginning. Yeah. Uh, it, they're, they're pulling out all the stops. Um, yeah. So the, the match order isn't official. The match card isn't even finalized yet. But what we've got so far, we've got two kickoff matches. We've got David Finley versus Bobby Fish. I don't know if anyone has 
any real comments on that? I'm happy I to. Forgot David, like, I forgot David Finley was still with New Japan. I <laughs> like, one of my favorite wrestlers, but like when I first started watching it, but literally, I feel, like, you know, I juice, we know he's not with New Japan, but I forgot Finley was still wrestling with New Japan because I've not seen him in Japan in like a year, two years. G1 Climax, I think he was probably like, oh no, he had, yeah. he was in the NJPW World Television Tournament. He lost yeah. his act. They had a cracking match, to be fair. Um, and then a kickoff match I am actually excited for. Alex Coglin versus JR Kratos. Uh, they've been building to this for, it seems like, two years. Uh, seriously. Um, but Alex Coglin is probably the strongest man in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, he is a ridiculous human being. And JR Kratos is a great big man. Um, he's very agile for someone his size. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm genuinely very excited for this match. Uh, I wish it was on the main card. They they built this story for a long time. To be fair, yeah, okay, it feels like it's kind of taking a, a back seat to the other big matches that they have on this card. But yeah, they have been building this for a while. But you know, strong doesn't have the amount of tension that you know it sh probably should because it always has quality either stories or wrestling on it. And Alex Coglin, I mean, I've been impressed impressed with him since I saw him in Bloodsport uh, when he was doing the Bloodsport matches, and he was just so impressive with his strength. So I'm hoping he gets the win here. Me and you both. And then the main card, like I said, we haven't got a match order yet. I'm going to make up a match order as best I can. Uh, we've got an eight-man tag. Volador Jr., Kevin Knight, Kushta, and a DKC taking on Rocky Romero, Josh Alexander, Adrian Quest, and Mascara Dorada. This is a very exciting, sexy eight-man tag. Uh, you know, Rocky Romero, the new CMLL light heavyweight champion. Um, Josh Alexander, impact wrestling champion. There's, there's going to be a lot of fun in that match. Yeah, if there's one match that that I would suggest people listening to this watch that's not under New Japan, it's that Rocky Romero versus Volador Jr. matchup for that for that well, I think it's the welterweight championship. They totally had like an old school story based matchup that built and built, had the Lucha Libre embrace, but that crowd was just so invested in Arena and Me Arena Mexico, and it's available on CMLL's YouTube channel. So there's no excuse not to watch it. So yeah, it's it's a great matchup and i think we're gonna see more of them mixing it up with each other but i got the team rocky getting the win because josh alexander is probably the best wrestler uh -huh. not in a major promotion right now uh-huh yeah I, i'm i'm with you there and then we got a filthy rules fight no dqs ring ropes will not be used in this bout homicide versus tom lawler uh i love tom lawler i can't say i'm particularly excited for the match though hey it's, it's uh, not and um, i just want to see like what shenanigans they get up to like yeah no yeah I, this match is i always have because i'm more so curious i'm like okay like what does this look like <clears throat> it's, basically, think... it's basically blood sport it's basically going to be blood sport oh yeah like, blood sport has like, <laughs> no ropes and stuff like that and i just want homicide to bring his fork with him that's all i have <laughs> he's gonna have a filthy lunch um eddie kingston finally getting his hands jay wyatt one-on-one -on -one. um some AEW representation representation on this battle in the valley card. Uh this, you know, Jay White, maybe this is his new home. Maybe he can't go back to Japan. So but his first post match after uh, after that lose leaves Japan match will be against Eddie Kingston. Um so now who do you think walks away with a win here? The thing with that is it will all depend on what happens next week. So we could get Jay who stays in Japan, so he's as cocky as ever. Or we can get a Jay who has lost, Jay who's now got to realise the fact that he is not allowed to leave America, like he has to wrestle there. 
or a Jay that is completely broken which I think we saw last year at Wrestle Kingdom because I know I hoped that we were going to get a babyface turn there because his post-match comments were broken and like as if he'd given up like probably one of the worst like the worst missed opportunities from that For show sure. mm. so I mean best case scenario I think is that he'd be that broken person and we get to see a change in the character I mean crazy idea David Finley comes out to help him and we can get the old young lion team back together. That's not a bad that's that's a great shout now. I I like I'm just imagining broken Jay White just getting in a ring and asking Eddie Kingston for a hug. Um you know, it's like it's been a tough week, man. Like, you know, go no, on, please. Thing, I could imagine Jay doing that because his first character when he was with Chaos was a bit unhinged, like he'd laugh in weird ways, but when he was teaming with Rapongi 3K, he'd be doing the Rapongi 3K a hand sign like i feel like that happened i'd be like ah okay this is the baby face turn we need jay white team up with eddie kingston and aw don't, never never say never um the strong open weight tag team championships on the line uh motor city machine guns alex shelley and chris sabin defending against west coast wrecking crew Jarrell nelson and Jarrell nelson and royce isaacs uh quick little plug uh on bread club fight for overbooked me and matt from the Shining Wizards podcast. We're going to have Royce Isaacs on our episode on Monday ahead of this show. Um, very excited to speak to him. I, I'm a big fan of West Coast Wrecking Crew. They are guys that really flourished in strong. They're those guys that kind of came in. They stuck with it. They were there for every taping. They slowly but surely you got to know them. Uh, and they've got the perfect opponents. Uh, you know, they've got one of the greatest tag teams to ever do it in Motor City Machine Guns standing across the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, actually, again, this would be like, a great match. Um, I'm not too familiar with the second team, but uh, mostly Machine Guns. Listen, like one of the one of my all time favorite tag teams. Um, and yeah, for like, these man, these guys are going to tear the house down. So I'm very excited about that. And then the strong openweight championship. Fred Rosser for his eighth defense. Like, damn, I didn't, really, I didn't know he was defending it so much. Uh, defending against Kenta, though, this, this could be the end of the reign, right? Fred Rosser getting a win over Kenta. Does any of us see that happening, or is Kenta gonna be the, the new face of this, you know, new version of Strong? It'll depend on what happens with Tanahashi. Ooh. I feel like that's the thing, everything sort of bases on like what happening at New Beginning, like what kind of mood Kenta's gonna be in, and like. That sort of thing. Like, if he wins, if he beats Tanahashi, I think he's going to go in confident and could probably win. If not, he might not. And Fred Rosson might continue his reign. This is why I agree with your prediction of Kenta winning, because I think he needs to be strong going into this matchup. And for all intents and purposes, Kenta was already the face of New Japan Strong. He won the first ever New Japan Cup USA. He had the whole buildup where he was the top heel on that show up until John Moxley came to finally defend the title against him. He was the one that broke open the forbidden door to AEW. So put the rocket on Kenta and make him the next strong openweight champion. Yeah, I think with the new strong thing, it's all pay-per-views now. They're not they're not doing the TV tapings. They're going to do bigger, better shows. Kent is going to sell more tickets than a Fred Rosser. Fred Rosser is a changed man. He is a revolution in strong. He is hard-hitting. He is tremendous. But Kent is going to sell their meet-and-greet tickets too. Like, you know, people, everyone wants a picture with, with the, the legend himself. Uh, and then what I... Well, actually, it's probably not the main event. And there, there's a lot of uh, unhappy stands or fans or however whatever word stands, you, stands. Whatever word you like to use. uh but 
the IWGP Women's Championship on the line. Kyrie defending against Mercedes Monet, making her first match, her first in-ring. Uh, yeah, no, her first match since leaving WWE. Um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, do, do we get a new style? Is she going to be pulling out old Sasha Banks moves? Is she going to walk away with the title? This is such an interesting match for look for a bunch of different reasons. Um, this is kind of Sasha's moment to like prove us, not prove herself, but like really step out of WWE and wrestle a completely different style. Um, that she's always like said um, to herself, and I believe her that she's like one of the best women wrestlers in the world. You're going up against Kyrie. Of course, she's faced um her in WWE, but now you're facing her you know, in a style which allows Kyrie to be, you know, fully carried. And this is going to be your first match in um, New Japan um, in front of, like, a, a new set of eyes because I'm sure a lot of people from Japan are going to be watching this match as well. And it's a lot of pressure. Um, it's a lot of pressure, she put on herself. And I'm just conflicted because at the same time, like, you don't want to, like, have all of this fanfare just for her to lose her first match. But then I don't like... Kyrie losing in her second defense. I feel like if the title was established a bit more and then Mercedes came in, it would have been like, okay, fine, like, yeah, we have to do this thing because Mercedes is good for business. But I feel like the less of like I feel like Kyrie's kind of been hard done by by losing the title this early, and especially as well, her and Tam didn't get the proper time at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, to really like I feel like the the point of Mercedes coming in is obviously to bring more eyes to the um, IWGP women's division and to bring a lot of more Western fans to the product. But the purpose of doing that is also, when you do that, you have to showcase why this division is good outside of M Mercedes. And I feel like at Wrestle Kingdom, they kind of missed an opportunity to do that with Tam and Kyrie. If you watch Stardom, you know how great these women are. But if you just took that match in isolation, it's like, okay, why should I care? Um, and that's the thing that if Mercedes goes in, beats Kyrie decisively, it's like, okay, well, it's just the Mercedes division and everyone else lives in it. Of course, for the people who know about the women in this division, we know, listen, stardom women are arguably the most talented wrestlers in the world, regardless of gender. But if she just comes in, wins the title, holds it up, holds it for a few months, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth, but at the same time, it's like, do you really pay all of this money? Do the presentations at Wrestle Kingdom for Mercedes to lose her first match? So it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, I think I think it's it's Mercedes that has to win this one. But I totally agree with your with your point. I know that they wanted the first defense for the IWGP Women's Championship to be at Wrestle Kingdom 17, but Kyrie had a big match with Yatami Hayashita at Queendom in December, and that should have been her first defense because that was like, why is this match on here? It was it went to a time limit draw, but it should have been for the IWGP Women's Championship, and then you could have said she had two defenses before she had this matchup with Mercedes Monet and it felt like the title felt a little bit more important because they gave those women 15 minutes at Queendom and then only five minutes at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, but this is a big thing. It's kind of similar to the Okada Shingo thing. This is the first time Kyrie and Mercedes are going to be have a match in front of a live crowd because the only other match that they had in WWE was in July 2020 before the Thunderdome. I'm talking about they were in front of a couple of 
PC recruits in the PC. So they've never even had real fans see them wrestle. So this is a crowd that is going to be there for Mercedes. That's going to be that sold out this whole because of this one match. So I feel like they're going to get a genuine amount of time and they're going to have a great match together because Kyrie has showed she has no ring rust. Hopefully Mercedes can show that as well. And they have a great match here. I think I, I'm grateful because I agree. Mercedes Monet, I think, is winning. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm kind of grateful now that Mayu didn't win the title because I would be devastated. Not, I don't think they're not feeding Kyrie to Monet. It's going to be a great competitive match. But I would be devastated if it was Mayu in this position that's now being fed to this big star. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that Mayu didn't win the title. Uh, and maybe Mayu will be the one to take it off of Mercedes. You know, that, that, that'd be the real dream. Um, that could happen. I, I want Mayu versus Julia because they, they went to two time limit draws. We we need that match before we she can get back to the IWGP Women's Championship. But uh, there's a couple of people that I would love to see her verse. She said she already wants to verse Azumi. Uh, I would love her she versus said it, she said it wrong. She said it wrong, though, didn't she, SB3? She, yes, said, she, wants yes. to a- she said she wants to face ACM. Yeah. <laughs> She didn't, someone didn't give her the memo. Um, but I want to see her versus Starlight Kid, her versus Yatami Hayashita. There's a bunch of great matches in Stardom, that's, and she's gonna be on that big show in Yokohama yeah. coming up in the spring. That's the stuff I want to see. I don't want to see her versus Kyrie. I don't want to see her versus someone that knows the WWE style. I want her to see a face, a full-blooded Stardom competitor, Hayashita, Mayu Itani, uh, all the guys you just mentioned, Julia. All of them. I, I that's what I'm waiting for Tom. for Mercedes. I think that yeah, Tam, that will be the limitless test. That will be can she hang? Because Kyrie can help her, I think. And then you throw her in with a with a Julia or a Shuri, and now it's sink or swim Mercedes. Yeah. But then it's got it's it's gonna be the main event, you know. There's there's upset stands on Twitter. Uh very, very upset. It was quite funny too. Um, but uh IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, either Shingo or Okada versus who knows? Uh, it's likely Okada. Do we think is is it going to be? An, are we leaning towards an AEW name? Do we think someone challenges Okada after he wins at New Beginning, and you know it's a Japanese name, and they come over as well? Because there's only a week. You know, you've got to announce this kind of quickly, right? You can't you can't do a surprise opponent. You can't have a surprise opponent for this title. It's got to be announced before the night. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think it's a matchup that I think they really exhausted last year. But I, I think it's the only option that kind of makes sense right now. It's Naito versus Okada for the first time in the U.S. I think he's the only one that had a big win that they can translate and say he is the number one contender and him challenge uh, Okada after he beats Shingo. And plus Shingo's in LIJ. It just makes sense with how New Japan books. But uh, is- is that show in the middle of Fantastica Mania? Because I feel like no, all the... Is it I not? don't think so. Let me get the schedule up. But this is on Saturday the 18th. And um, then Fantastic Mania begins on February 22nd. So there's like four or five days separate. But I, I, I would say an AEW name or an independent name to an extent. Maybe Impact. Obviously, they've got that relationship. Yeah. I, I think um, it would be better that it's a foreign name than a New Japan talent. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, if they do, and then plus, I don't think they would give Naito a loss heading into, obviously, he's got the match of Muto. That is true. But, I don't, but yeah, um, but if it is AEW name, they really do need to promote it. And the fact that they haven't, I don't know, like, I don't know. Um, 
I feel like they're sort of hoping that Okada or Shingo, the name, those names are gonna get people the, excited. The show's sold, show sold out anyway. Yeah. And they, they, it sold out after back of Mercedes, and then they've announced all yeah. these matches after that, like Kenta versus Fred Rosso, and they've announced that you're gonna get a yeah. IWGP World Title defense. They didn't have to throw this stuff on. They're they're, they're stacking the shit out of this card. To be fair. I remember Tony Khan saying, and this was in regards to Ring of Honor, but he did say like he has something in the works with New Japan in regards to like I think it had to do with like um, Ring of Honor. I mean, New Japan talent being on Ring of Honor a lot more, but I feel like it you might it, you might see somebody like a I don't know. I'm throwing a random name out of a hat, uh, Isaiah Swerve, not him specifically, but just somebody of that ilk. I don't think it'll be like somebody on the upper end of the card, like a Moxley or Danielson. I don't think it'll be that. I feel like no. they'll save that for Forbidden Door. I, like uh, your your Lance Archer style level, yeah. Type, uh, you know, like a, yeah, upper mid carder maybe. But I hope it is a foreigner because, like you guys were saying earlier as well, for me with Okada and his title defense, we need fresh defenses. Yeah, you know, the Shingo match has been played out a lot. He faced Naito about 100 times last year in title defenses. I want fresh matches. That's what made his incredible title reign so good. Every match was so unique. His first if... defense was against Marafuji, for God's exactly. sake. Exactly. <laughs> and then you, you had a match against a guy like Bad Luck Farley that was pretty good, and it was a different style. And then he wrestled Shibata's style. And then he wrestled a, a technical match versus Zach. That's when Okada flourishes. He needs unique opponents that he can bounce off of so I, I hope we get someone not on the new japan roster but that's battle in the valley saturday february 18th um let's quickly touch on a couple of little things before we wrap up the all-star junior festival they're announcing people left right and center i certainly don't know half of the names that have been announced um so <laughs> when i saw uno's name i was like yay somebody i know I like know. Yep. New japan hundred percent so so far looking on wikipedia we've got atsuki ayogi from all japan We've got Volador Jr. from CMLL, who we just spoke about. He's going to be at Battle in Valley. Yuki Ueno, who Sanal is absolutely excited to see compete in this. Uh, we've got Dragon Kid from Dragon Gate. We've got El Lindemann from Glee. Of course, New Japan fans will know him. He's in the best of the Super Juniors and the Super Junior Tag League Tour. Uh, we've got Musashi. Yep, Musashi from Michinoku Pro. Uh, from New Japan, we've got Bushi, Despi, Hiromu, and Ishimori. From Osaka Pro, we've got Billy Ken Kid. Uh, from Pro Wrestling Noah, we've got Alejandro and Amakusa, and that's it so far. But they seem to be dropping like a name a day. Uh, it's I, I'm excited for it. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to just see all these guys. I've never, I, we don't even know what the layout is. Is it going to be tag yeah. matches? Is it going to be a tournament? Just going to be fun singles matches? But I'm excited either way. Yeah, like I like you said in the first episode, I think it's going to be an opportunity for us to get to know a lot of new names. And I feel like this would be good for like, like I said, this would be good for like the Japanese wrestling industry um, as a whole and just give a lot of these talent a platform that they've never had before, especially, and now, especially coming out of um, the pan, the, the clap crowd era, you know, we're going to, you know, a lot of, this is a lot of wrestlers opportunity to get over. Um, and really make a name for themselves. So, like, this is, I, I, I'm not going to lie and say I know any of the names outside of New Japan, but um, this will this will be, you know, an educational moment for me and, you know, get to, you know, make some new favourites. So, yeah. I'm surprised at how many companies there are. Like, never mind not knowing the names of the wrestlers. I was like, I know, like, Mitch Noku Pro and stuff. And, I mean, I guess, did they say someone from 2AW might be coming? But, like, apart from those names and Glee, I know, I was like, there are so many Japanese promotions I have no idea and never heard of. 
Well, speaking of stuff we don't know of, I'm going to guess our CMLL knowledge is not totally up to scratch. Uh, how many names that are coming on this Fantastic Mania tour are we? Uh, do we know? Are we used to? Um, to be fair, there's quite a few legends. Uh, this tour is certainly more for the Japanese audience and the live audience than it is for those watching. It's been quite a few Belmont. years since they've had it, haven't they? Because of the, the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, I don't know if I, they've done I, it. I, lo I love Fantastic Mania when I watched it. But thinking back, I'm like, I remember a few names, but I feel like it was completely changed. Like, it'll be completely different now to what it was on the last tour, which was before the pandemic. It does, it does look fun. You've got New Japan guys teaming up with CMLL guys. There's mixed teams. You know, you're not just getting blanket. You know, here's Hontai. They're throwing in a CMLL guy with them. Um, Desperado's even teaming up with Tanahashi on a night or two, uh, which is quite interesting. Is I Desper told you 2023 is getting weirder and weirder with Suzuki-gun, like not a Suzuki-gun anymore. First, Su Suzuki's team with the Young Lions and Honma, and now Despi's team with Tanahashi. It's bizarre. On yeah, on one night, you've got Desperado, Tanahashi, and Ultimo Guerrero taking on Sho, Magia Blanca, and Hichi... Jesus Christ. Mexican names are even diff more difficult to, <laughs> to pronounce than the Japanese names. Um, yeah. I hope that doesn't come across as insensitive at all, but H Hichichero, maybe? I don't know. But basically, you're seeing Sho team up with guys outside of House of Torture. Yeah, you're seeing El Desperado God. team up with... <laughs> you're seeing El Desperado team up with Tanahashi. Um it will be fun. They've got like title matches on here. Like Titan is defending his title um, that he's held on to for 1,000, almost 1,200 days. The New Japan website says um, there's a little tag team tournament taking place that Titan and Bushi are part of. Uh, it's a, It'll be a fun tour, but, you know, it's not essential viewing by any means. And then I think after that, we, we kick into the New Japan Cup. So that's probably going to be announced. That could be announced as soon as Saturday. Um at a new beginning, we could get New Japan Cup uh, entrance announced. I'm so announced. excited for the New Japan Cup. I, just, I, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that this is... Because last year... Do you know what? Last year's New Japan Cup tournament was excellent. And I'm yeah. so upset that that wasn't in front of, like, a... Um, a um, outside outside of a crowd that could, that, that could cheer. Because it was like, Zack Sabre Jr.'s running that tournament was excellent. You had great matches with Hiromu and um, Shingo... Um, Will had had a great tournament. That yeah, I feel like we need another tournament of that level. I would, do you know, what? I would say this. I thought New Japan Cup last year was better than the G One last year. God damn, that's a it was a weird G One, like with the yeah. four blocks. That was that was new for any modern day fan. For yeah. it, it had never been like that in the New Japan World era. Um, but yeah, we're, if that if that happens, we'll be back. We'll be here to talk about it um check out our patreon patreon.com wrestling you sign up for just one dollar a month you can listen to this all our podcasts early all ad free other cool shit too an exclusive podcast i'm part of every week uh nk we've spoken a little bit about wrestlings but tell the people where they can find you where they can find wrestlings and what you're doing yeah so um follow wrestlings on twitter um uh, follow wrestling you can find us on apple Podcasts, find us on spotify you can find us on youtube we've got a ton of um wrestling content um out at the moment from um from weekly podcast to um, our series Break It Down, we tackle the career of some of our favorite wrestlers. We tackle Tanahashi, and our most recent episode is about Christian Cage. So yeah, check us out um, on all your favorite um, podcast platforms. S SP3, this is all you do, right? You're just part of uh, Ace Techers, and that's it, right? 
Yeah, that's all I do. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3, where all I promote is just Ace Techers, because that's the only thing I do. Uh, no, but you can also see me on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. That's T-R-U-N-O-E-H-E-E-L-H-E-A-T. Uh, that's my home base, where I do a bunch of content, reviews, as well as the weekly podcast every Saturday at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. You can also see me on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, all that good stuff. And then I know, so now you have a video up promoting uh, your preview for New Japan, New Beginning, all the shows. So you can hear her speak properly without us buffoons speaking over her and interrupting her, um, us three idiots. But no, yes, yeah, so and please tell the people where to find you and your YouTube. Yeah, I you can find me at Sonal's Life on YouTube at wrestling underscore chat on Twitter. I I'm trying to be more active. I'm trying to get my life together to focus a lot more on being active on social media. But like I was crazy busy with my wrestling YouTube channel with Wrestle Kingdom, with so much going on, there's going to be loads of content. And yeah, just make sure you subscribe just to listen to me fangirl if that's all you want to do for me and um, praising Tai Chi and Doki. So it sounds, it sounds like it's worth checking out uh you can find me on twitter at kieran rh93 uh make sure you follow wrestle in at wrestle in i double n wrestle in.com uh all that good stuff we'll be back in two weeks we'll talk about the new beginning shows that have taken place we'll talk about battle in the valley sp3 will be a happy boy he'll be wide awake he won't have had to stay up till 5 a.m uh we'll be back in two weeks thanks for listening everyone uh that was ace techers we are wrestle in and now we're out